We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Diving further into the road of his rookie guide and looking ahead to the NFL draft. That is the topic of conversation today on road of his overtime. We did a show that came out on Tuesday where we talked through one running back profile in particular that Sean is very intrigued by heading into this draft we talked a little bit through the the guide itself and the the process around that we will talk a little bit more about that today we'll also jump into a wide receiver profile that is high on Sean's interest but Sean we are you know at this point just over a week away from the NFL combine things (laughs) you know the, the NFL calendar has always been you know there there used to be some dead zones in it but now then when it comes into fantasy football with the explosion of best ball there's there's no downtime in that but the nfl in general they just control the entire sports calendar at this point where they've moved things around and shuffled things around that you know once that super bowl is over you do not have much time to we're into the combine then into pro days then into the draft then into the rookie mini camps it just continues that cycle so we are very close to the combine the class in general i guess a, a class overview you did mention that that you know with the running backs there's not probably that high high elite end profile that we would have seen with the likes of a jonathan taylor and in, in past years or a christian mccaffrey coming in in the nfl draft but there is a lot of intriguing players but this class in general how are you feeling about it as we sit here before that testing and the testing results that will come with the the nfl combine i think that this is setting up to be one of the most fun classes and possibly one of the most exploitable classes now some of these things are going to resolve themselves as we work through right we're going to find out you know which players have the athleticism to back up their production and you know one of the things as you look at the nfl combine is you don't want to overemphasize it there are certain things that are already baked in to where these guys are going to go and certain assumptions about what the player is and if a guy who is hugely productive and is expected to test well test well you don't want to double count that and yet this idea that we also want to completely ignore the combine doesn't really work because when you do have players who upset expectations it's going to, and potentially dramatically, but it's certainly going to shift 
where they're taken. The NFL wants athletes. I don't think that there's anything you know, counterintuitive about that. We're talking about the highest level of football and professional sports are going to be an athletic endeavor. And there will be advantages for the best athletes. Now, it's a production game. And the best players in college universally, or I should say, overwhelmingly become the best players in the NFL because this is a production business, right? And yet, if the combine changes the perception of a player and changes his draft slot, then even if you then test later and find that draft slot plus athleticism, that the athleticism part was not the thing that determined, once you change the draft slot, I mean, that's a very meaningful difference in the input. So this combine is going to be very important from that perspective. And yet, one of the things that's so fun about putting together a pre-combine piece, and we usually have a little bit more separation, but I love being able to do a pre-combine piece and establish where we think the guys are because that does give you then a baseline for understanding how things are going to move. And having that baseline is important because even you know once players do surprise and you do move them, you want to move them within a range that makes sense based on who they were and what that production was. So the draft guide gives us a great chance to calibrate our initial expectations. And Colin, one of the things that is so fun here, we talked a little bit in the first show this week about how we put this together, but we have so much information in here from Sports Info Solutions. We have so much info in here from our Rotoviz tools. I wrote the synopsis for each of the players. There are a lot of wide receivers. We have Blair's wide receiver prospect lab scores. Curtis pulled together the top five profile sims from our box score scout, the box score scout, a really wonderful tool for helping you, again, understand a player's production and then calibrate your expectations based on historical context, understanding who these guys are. But the exercise that I tried to produce in the guide was to help me understand who the player was from a variety of perspectives and that player's path through the NFL. Because one of the things that we know is that production dominates and early production is especially strong in terms of a signal for what the player is going to be when they make the next step. But for so many of the players in this class, they were still dealing with this element of coming into college and then you have this weird pandemic season. And so the difference between three-year players and four-year players this year, maybe it's not quite the same as it's been in the past we want to work through that and understand the trajectory that these guys had coming through college. The blurbs give me a chance to paint a little bit of that picture. The other thing that we're looking at here is just, again, to try and understand from a lot of different angles. So things that we talk about in the guide would be elements like the number of routes a player has run. Obviously, you're looking at targets and yards and touchdowns. We can look at it from the perspective of yards per team attempt, something that we have in the box score scout we can look at it in terms of yards per route we can look at the ability of a player to break tackles and force missed tackles once they had the ball in their hands we can look at the depth of target to understand how these guys were utilized i mean some of these players are extreme underneath guys and then some of the players are at the opposite of the spectrum they're getting targeted really far downfield we get different profiles with those types of things we can also look at this contrast between say yards per team attempt or yards per route run and dominator rating and one of the things that i'm especially looking for as we move forward are players who flash in a certain element 
and not being overly concerned about what the element is because anybody who puts out a really high number in these different pieces is something we want to keep an eye on. We know that over the past five, six, seven years, there are a lot of guys who flashed and say yards per route and went on to be NFL stars. We think back to last season where there are some guys like a Zay Flowers, like a an Jordan Addison, where those numbers don't pop, but what they did in terms of dominator rating and especially early in their career. So we get the sort of young breakout guys. And you know, Blair has done so much work with this dominator rating stat and how it works with the breakout age component. And again, continue to find that that metric is so valuable for us in understanding when these guys actually broke out and what that means as we work through it. So I think that being able to have all of those different elements together is really helpful. And again, we don't want to get like so much tunnel vision that we don't understand what a player has been able to do and where he was able to be a star. It was just so much fun to put this together. And Colin, I mentioned that this class could be one that's easy to exploit. It's really interesting because wide receiver is where the depth of this class happens to be. And yet when you work through the guys, there are some huge differences between projected draft slot in the 2024 draft and what the metrics suggest to us about where they should go. And so some of the players who have been really elevated by maybe other types of intangibles, we want to be aware that they have some red flags. We want to understand that maybe that elevation is justified or at least justified to an extent, right? But without spoiling all of the specifics, there are some big names that come in with very low wide receiver prospect lab scores. And when you're trying to make excuses for them, and that's kind of what I do in the blurbs, right? I'm trying to understand why this player would be interesting and where maybe he does stand out, even if the overall wide receiver prospect score lab is bad, even if his sims are bad. Why are people interested? That piece of the puzzle for me is a lot of fun. And I do find some elements there at times that create that explanation beyond just, oh, this guy's awesome, right? And we all listen to the different things where the film will give you a guy who's dynamic. But the thing that we always know and have known from the beginning is that, yeah, if that's the case, why is the production not there? Because that dynamism will again be on display at the NFL level, but with production that doesn't match it. And so if you're trying to win fantasy football leagues, it doesn't matter how cool the guy looks and the highlight plays. It matters that he puts up the numbers for you so you win your league. You mentioned there, Sean, the some of the players maybe that there might be more potential buzz or talk around that come in with lower lab scores in terms of the prospect lab where in terms of is it always a case for you of marrying the different pieces of the information together to make that final decision or is there a weight that you put more so towards either that production or the lab score or the testing metrics or is it just bringing that combination together for that player in general well the production and the lab score are going to be very tightly linked. And so you can have a lot of confidence that the lab score is giving you the overall production. One of the things that I am looking at here is this idea 
that the players are different. And so if you have, and the contexts are different. So if you have a guy who's competing with several other NFL prospects, we're going to look at his production in a slightly different light. And if there are individual metrics that jump out and suggest, yeah, this guy probably is really good. We want to take his draft slot pretty seriously. We want to understand at least to an extent how injuries might've come into play. We want to understand again, that team situation, maybe the quarterback is a disaster and is pulling down some of the numbers. If there's a situation where we have a guy who put up big numbers as a senior or in his final year, and then he blows up the combine and then he's drafted early, you want to understand that those three things are going to be meaningful, even if the overall resume isn't particularly good. So then it's a matter of what's the price, because we want to be aware of what we're actually paying. And if the rest of the dynasty community is like, yeah, but there are warts, I don't want to, we're going to push him down. Then you're going to take that guy, even though you also understand what the warts are. If the rest of the fantasy community is like, well, this dude is big and athletic and was drafted, say, number 28 overall, you got to be in, and he's pushed way up, you know, then you're fine letting someone else grab him, even though you also understand that there is upside there. So we're going to be very price aware as we move through this entire process, and we're trying to get as much total value as we can. That was one of the things that worked out very nicely for us in 2023 where our second round, the main targets were Sam Laporta and Rasheed Rice. It's not that those prospect profiles were you know, completely and totally without fault, but the situation, the early reports, the team fit, and then the price that you had to pay to get them really worked out very nicely to load up. And then you obviously have the fortunate thing happen to where those guys, especially Laporta is hitting at, you know, a 99th percentile outcome. Rice develops very nicely and is going to hit, you know, well above a 50th percentile outcome for him, certainly if he continues to develop. So you put this all together to skew the possible results slightly in your favor. And then when you hit, you benefit even more. So we're looking for that to be the dynamic that we look at overall. But Colin, the other little thing there, sort of answer to your question, is that I am always trying to be aware of this subtle difference, I think, between the big receivers and the small receivers, and that they're going to be asked to do some different things, and that those things often manifest in a different way at the collegiate level as well, to where when you have the big guys who test well, and they had a strong final season, I'm more or less fine with that. Whereas with the smaller guys, you especially want that early breakout age. And maybe at the college level, they're not able to generate like the very, very, very top numbers. But if they broke out early and the overall view of that guy is still positive, those guys can be punished a little bit because they don't take the next step. They don't go on to be an absolute superstar. People forget about them a little bit. They underrate the value of that freshman season, or if it's a young sophomore season, that type of performance from the player. And that kind of leads us column into the guy that we're going to look at today in giving a little bit of a preview or a teaser from the guide. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, so the guy, Sean, you have picked out to highlight is Xavier Worthy. In terms of the overall metrics, and I'm going to let Sean read through his synopsis itself, the prospect lab showing him with a 68 score and a profile sim hit rate of 60%, which I think is interesting. But this is a player, Sean, who comes in with couple of very interesting sims particularly with what we've seen this this season and also green bay connections to, to some of these players we have josh downs randall cobb Jaden reed deontay johnson and sean ogs of the podcast will know it didn't he is not one of the hit rate players here that we're talking about but kj hamler is on the list unfortunately Did KJ hamler play in the nfl last year colin injuries have got the best of uh KJ Hamler, Sean. It, it wasn't to be, but Marvin Mims has now taken over from the, the hopes and dreams that KJ Hamler uh, managers had. But Sean, Xavier Worthy comes up here. What are some of your thoughts on him? And I guess you, you did mention this on the running back show in terms of comparing the running backs and their scores, but who are some of the names? Like a 67, where are you seeing that in terms of overall expectations for a player? And then what are some of the the higher end players maybe when we're talking about you know a calvin johnson for example a julio jones where are they coming in on the scoring system here yeah well they're going to be setting the standard so you're going to be talking about 95 plus from them the consensus right now is that we have the three star prospects in this draft and then we have a lot of controversial names behind them and it's sort of an eye of the beholder but with depth i don't know if we have as much depth as people want to attribute to this class but that's going to be something that develops throughout the course of draft season how do these guys look at the combine as the true nfl evaluators dig into them you know where are they going to end up being drafted that draft slot is going to matter and will help some guys out even if the prospect lab score suggests that maybe they're overdrafted by a round or two but when we think about these top guys i think the guy gives you a sense of maybe where that part is exploitable maybe some readers will be surprised about the ordering of the prospects here at the top of the wide receiver leaderboard but as we move down a little bit this score from worthy gives you a little bit of a sense 
of some of the red flags where it's certainly not a great score, but it's a score in the range where the player is still very viable. If you like a lot of the other elements, it's a lot higher than the score for players who are expected to go ahead of Xavier worthy, right? So that's something that we want to be aware of as well. How does he fit in relation to that? Blair Andrews loves worthy and it's going to have a lot of additional information for you on him. As we kind of go through the draft process, keep an eye out on that from Blair. But one of the things that, you know, Debbie managers for sure and draft Knicks as well will tell you about Worthy, will have been aware of for a long time is that Worthy came in and had this massive freshman year in 2021 where he went for 981 and 12 scores. Travis May at the time wrote an article for us talking about how this was the best freshman season of all time. Colin, he ran only 337 routes that year, which gave him a yard per route run of 2.9. It gave him a dominator of 39% as a true freshman. So we're talking about very rare air. Now, what happened, and the reason you're not having Xavier Worthy talked about as a pick in the range of, again, these top three guys, why he falls below quite a few prospects on some people's boards is that he wasn't able to take the next step his 2022 campaign featured over 1900 air yards but there were you know some questions about the quarterback play from their star recruit who the next year leads them to the cfb semifinals. but a lot of this is unworthy he's got a 14 percent a 13.5 percent drop rate which is way way too high and we know what happens to receivers who go out there and drop a ton of passes that can be a big problem and your quarterback can get to the point where I mean, if you're targeting quentin johnston this last year and he's dropping some of these game-winning passes as you drop back you're thinking to yourself can i find somebody else who maybe <laughs> is going to haul this ball in you look to 2023 and one of the elements that we have for worthy is that he's got a tight end teammate. He's got a wide receiver teammate. Both of these guys could end up going higher than he does. We have Texas as a juggernaut offense. They've got a running back who's perhaps the top running back prospect. You have an overall team here with a lot of success, and that success is chopped up to an extent. Adonai Mitchell comes in. He takes over the deep role in this last year. Worthy goes to an underneath role. He has a 9.8 ADOT, so we're talking about not being targeted nearly as far down the field as he was in 22 and two. One of the things that I like about this is that you could argue, well, he's failed in some of the roles, but I do like how the player has been used in a variety of ways. And I think that that flexibility, even if there are questions about how well he can execute on some of the different routes. I love that flexibility as you go forward. I think if you end up in the right situation with the right play caller, the right quarterback, that this gives you a chance to do so many different things at the NFL level. But we look at what he did. The drops don't completely disappear. He drops five more passes, but he leads the team with 421 routes, 120 targets. He forces nine missed tackles, which gives you a little bit of sense of the elusiveness. You want to see that from a small wide receiver. If you're not going to be, you know, medium-sized or certainly this hulking behemoth who overmatches corners you need to have that agility you need to be able to do things with the ball in your hands you think back to zay flowers and his you know very impressive rookie season where guys just couldn't stay with him they couldn't stay in front of him they could do it 
before he had the ball, allowing him to get open at will that couldn't do it after he had the ball. Those are things that are very positive and that we can see at least to an extent in Worthy's profile. So we work through him. He's one of these controversial guys, a player with a lot of interesting things in his past, a lot of interesting things in terms of context for the three seasons that he has. You mentioned some of these Sims who you know have a lot of upside, but you're thinking about the different style of player and maybe there's a little bit of risk. We talked about Blair's lab score, kind of where that fits in. Worthy is somebody I'm going to be tracking throughout the process in part because, you know, I do have some Debbie shares as you kind of load up when he does some of those things early, but also as someone who could be a value play depending on how this whole draft season pans out. He's a name I think you want to keep an eye on. Maybe there's nothing there in the end. We want to be careful to not get too high too early or to think back and say, you know, you did what you did in 2021. I'm all in on that. I'm going to ignore every subsequent element. Again, there, there are traps to feeling too sure or too confident or just be like, well, this guy's a sleeper, you know, within context. And I want to be in on that type of player. I want to have the next league winner. It's too early to be saying those types of things. But I think Xavier Worthy is interesting. And I think so many of these guys as you work through the blurbs on these players, the profiles, the lab scores, the sims, it's just a very interesting exercise that prepares you then for the next step of tracking what happens with the combine, tracking what happens with the you know the leaks that we get for NFL GM evaluations, and then getting to the real draft, finding where the guys go, what their situation is going to be. Colin, we're set up for you know a couple months here of maybe the most fun exciting time in the fantasy football calendar sean it's always the most exciting time of the year that that line can be used any week of the calendar year any week of the nfl season any week of the draft season it's always exciting the draft guide itself features 98 player profiles has rankings and tiers mock drafts sleepers and more sean kind of detailed the times of the nfl season here as we move forward but we do get the pre-draft edition that will be available this week we get the combine post combine edition that will be available and then the post nfl draft edition also so you're covered with all of that 1999 gets you all three editions so a link in today's show notes if you want to head over and purchase that sean we are also in the process of having the off-season schedule so there'll be lots of conversation around the prospects there'll be lots of draft tips strategy tips but what i did look for on monday was people's questions topics ideas that the road of his ot community would like to hear on some of the road of his overtime shows over the course of the next couple of months so if you didn't get to hear that and you're hearing this now and you have some questions we've got some submitted already we can't promise that we will use them on shows but we will try and fit them in if the topic would work well Send them my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. You can email them across at rotavizradio at gmail.com. We always look for the, the insights from the community to you know fit into those shows. So Sean's excited for the prospects. I'm excited for the NFL draft and everything that goes along with it. Excited to get the interaction with the Rotoviz OT listeners as well. But that is going to do it for this edition of the show. As always, make sure you are subscribed to the Rotoviz Overtime podcast feed to get shows once they are available. But until we are back, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over Tomorrow and check out Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until next time, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.